everybody. Welcome to another episode of Nonviolence Radio. I'm your host, Stephanie Van Hook, and I'm with the Meta Center for Nonviolence in Petaluma, California. In this episode, we have a return visit from our friend Rivera Sun. Rivera Sun is an indie author. She's editor of a wonderful news service called Nonviolence News, and she also works with Pache Bene's Campaign Nonviolence. So Rivera came to the show to tell us all about the Campaign Nonviolence's Action Days, which ran between the International Day of Peace and the International Day of Nonviolence. It's a very hopeful segment, which gives us a nice picture of actions taken for nonviolence in just a couple weeks' time. Let's turn to Rivera. I'm Rivera Sun. I'm an author and an activist and the program coordinator for Pache Ibene's Campaign Nonviolence. So this year in 2023, during the 12-day span between September 21st, the International Day of Peace, and October 2nd, which is Gandhi's birthday and the International Day of Nonviolence, we saw 5,059 actions organized um, all across the U.S. and around the world. Wonderful. And these are all actions that are attempting to inform that vision of a world free of violence, racism, injustice, environmental degradation, all of that. You're keeping track as an umbrella organization. You're, you're kind of really putting out your monitor during that time as a kind of data collection of what's happening in the world. So it provides a sense of a, a window onto the movement. It's not just during these days that these actions are are taking place, right? Well, it's a little bit of both, right? So for one thing, by having a, the bookend of the International Day of Peace and Nonviolence, it does allow us to get a little snapshot and for people to take a look to their left and to their right and up and down and see what other groups are sharing some of their aspirations, even if they're not directly organizing together. Uh, so in a way, there there is a kind of aggregation, uh, counting, and visibility that goes on during campaign nonviolence action days. But for the past couple of years, we've also started issuing specific calls to action that invite people to take particular types of actions on the kind of pillars of, of what we've been talking about. For example, we ask people to uh, work on things like divesting from violence, including fossil fuels, nuclear weapons, guns, um, and to not just do their one issue. Some groups are working on fossil fuels, some groups are working on nuclear weapons, uh, but to reach out to one another and to hold a bank action together. We also ask people to um, take action to end violence, direct violence. So that may look like training and de-escalation skills, setting up a zone of peace and nonviolence like they did in Honolulu, Hawaii. Um, It may also look like doing educational work around uh, relationship violence with teens who are just, you know, starting to embark on, on that journey. We also ask people to hold racial healing circles, uh, to engage in acts of kindness and mutual aid solidarity to address the widespread poverty that people are experiencing. We ask people to sound the alarm for climate action, 
which was a, you know, a, a protest and visibility action aimed at disrupting everyday experiences with the reminder that the clock is ticking on this very critical issue and so on and so forth. So while people could certainly bring their events to campaign nonviolence, we've also seen an increasing number of people join in with some of the themes that we've proposed. And there's a strategy to this as well, as listeners to Nonviolence Radio know, uh, nonviolence is a pretty large toolbox. Um, and we're always trying to help people learn the different tools that are in that toolbox, whether that's a protest or participating in a Gandhian constructive program and building an alternative, or it's a direct action to intervene in an injustice. And so we kind of tailored those calls to action to give people a way to, to step into the different kinds of actions that are possible. And just a clarity question, Rivera, are people coming in and registering their action with you as well? Are they saying we're doing this here and we could use support or we could use publicity or of all those 5,000 actions? Yeah, absolutely. So we have some larger organizations that come in and partner with us. So World Cleanup Day, for example, they organize in 200 different locations with tens of thousands of people to go out and clean up trash on beaches and rivers. They're going to do that every year, whether they're part of uh, Action Days or not. Um, and we welcome them. You know, we help people learn about World Healing Up Day and get involved or host an action in their local community. So we try to have a symbiotic relationship with some of these groups. Um, others include uh, groups like Sandy Hook Promise collaborated with their Start With Hello Week. And so, again, we try to uplift this incredible program they have to teach children how to break down social isolation, which is one of the, the causes of mass shootings. Uh, so again, we try to invite our people to join in with that and have an event at the local school. And then conversely, uh, you know, because of the increased virtual activity that goes on, we're in a pretty good position to help cross-pollinate uh, people when they have a virtual event and to uh, introduce people to uh, actions that are happening online. And then on top of all that, part of what we do in Campaign Nonviolence Action Days is to prompt, catalyze, galvanize people to go out and organize even more actions, you know, give them ex the excuse to do an extra thing or an extra few things or an extra dozen things in some groups case in their local area to foster this culture of peace and active nonviolence. And, you know, some of these groups are directly uh, within our organization. We have the Campaign Nonviolence Affinity Groups, which are small groups of 5 to 15, each of whom uh, held an action during Action Days. Uh, we also have the Nonviolent Cities Project. And let me tell you, these organizers, they are so gung-ho. I think every single nonviolent city held five to 40 actions during action days, many directly on those calls to action that we just talked about. That's really inspiring and, and strategic too, to help connect. I love being a connector in the movement, setting people up of what can I do and helping plug people in. And it sounds like that's what you're doing. Well, I think it's, as you said, strategic. It's also really important to break through the isolation that our movements have historically kind of emerged in. 
and to really be able to lift up how these issues are connected. We are seeing that more and more, not just within Campaign Nonviolence Action Days, but also throughout the various groups and organizations that are currently organizing. We've always taken a broad approach to understanding violence and nonviolence uh, to see that Violence can be direct and physical, it can be systemic and structural, it can be cultural and psychological, and so can nonviolence. So if uh, the mass incarceration system is an example of structural violence and systemic violence, then restorative justice implemented on a widespread scale is an example of structural or systemic nonviolence. And so are things like training entire schools in de-escalation skills or conflict resolution skills like Meta Peace Team did during Action Days with a, a high school they work with every year to train the incoming freshmen to be, you know, able to handle the conflicts that might come up between students. One thing that I like that Pache Bene Campaign Nonviolence, the organization and the project does is that throughout the entire year, you're offering courses and providing educational opportunities basically throughout the year that it seems that people I've interacted with who frequently participate in these courses are really people who are prepared for the action days and they're really ready to get involved and do something at that time. So I wonder if you can just talk a little bit about that longer term, you know, year long work of campaign nonviolence in terms of education for nonviolence and then how the action days fit into that larger vision. Yeah. So I think Pache Bene as a 30 year old nonviolence service uh, has a long track record of training people in nonviolence education, whether that's uh, nonviolence towards oneself and examples of self-care or interpersonal nonviolence, how we interact with our friends and our family or it's uh, nonviolent action for social change. Uh, We've trained people in all of it and often help them understand the interconnections between those dimensions. When people go through some of our courses and our trainings, uh, they come out of them with a, a broad and a deep understanding of what does it mean when we say we're trying to build a culture of nonviolence or a culture of active nonviolence. And I think it's a pretty natural impulse to want to start to experiment with what you've learned and what you're integrating in yourself or pass it on and share it. Some of these tools are very powerful, very potent, um, and it's pretty liberating to see how they could be at work in our communities. Uh, So, yeah, we do year-round education work. We have ways for people to deepen their practice of nonviolence, whether that's within an, an affinity group or it's joining or starting a nonviolent cities project, um, or some of the other kinds of programs that we run. And then during Action Days, there's always been an emphasis, uh, a certain strand that emphasizes education. This year, we tied into the International Day of Nonviolence and asked for nonviolence teach-ins on that day and saw just an overwhelming response to that call. People really wanted to participate in that whether it was holding a screening of the nonviolent action documentary, A Force More Powerful, and then having a discussion afterwards, or a virtual screening of the Meta Center's wonderful film, The Third Harmony, and then having an online discussion, or, you know, direct action training on the ground happening with Portland Peace Team. 
These are ways that people are really skilling up their ability to use nonviolence in the world or their understanding of the rich history that we uh, inherit and stand on, on the shoulders of. I'm interested in this topic of creating an active culture of nonviolence. I, I mean, the, the action days are wonderful because it's, as you say, showcasing the broad spectrum across the world of potential actions that people can take. But an active culture of nonviolence, it sounds to me like a democracy. You know, it sounds to me like something that when there's injustice, when it comes down through government or when it happens in our communities, that we have the tools and skills to respond in humane, just, and powerful, empowered ways. What's what's your take on that active culture of nonviolence and how does it differ from just actions for nonviolence? Right. So culture is, is the stuff of life. It's what we do day in and day out, whether we intentionally build it or we accidentally build it or we unconsciously build it. It is the result of the collective actions of all of us. So let's just narrow it to the United States for a moment. Our culture has a, a bend towards violence. We portray it in our movies. We, you know, weave it into our entertainment. Uh, we don't blink when the U.S. military does fighter jet flyovers of football games. You know, every school child, if you ask them to mime drawing a gun, can do that pull it from their pocket gesture. But if you ask them okay, do a sit-in or do a boycott, you know, what does that even look like? Can they do that as rapidly and quickly? Is it part of our cultural motif? And so what we're trying to do is to introduce this idea that our culture could shift away from violence, could really recognize the harms that's being caused by violence, the ways that we are already suffering from this, and that there are viable alternatives. But they're not just going to fall from the sky. Uh, we need to study them. We need to practice them. We need to make space for them in our schools, in our faith traditions, in our uh, media conversations, in the movies that we create, in the books that we write and read, in the ways that we talk about the inevitable conflicts that humans experience. And I think, you know, there's a lot of room for growth in that, but there's also a growing pressure for this change. And we've been trying to partner more strategically with anti-violence groups, particularly gun violence groups, who are increasingly introducing or um, lifting up the language of nonviolence in the work that they're doing as an alternative to the violence that they have experienced. And I think that's very hopeful sign. It wasn't happening 10 years ago, uh, not to the degree that I'm seeing it now. Um, and it's really showing that there's a growing recognition that it's not just that we have problems with violence and we don't want that. It's also that we have solutions with nonviolence and we want to actively pursue them. Yeah, I, I like how that really contrasts with uh, the active culture of nonviolence. It seems truly the opposite of uh, the passive culture of violence that tend to just be living within. Although I think that you would probably agree that there is an active faction somewhere making sure that we imbibe violence on a regular basis and, and normalize it. 
Definitely. Because there's a lot invested. And <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, what we experience passively in our culture is violent, but there is a very active set of factions that are promoting that. We know the U.S. military has offices in Hollywood making sure that our films are violent, right? Or that our video games are direct funnel into the military. Or universities are. Right, exactly. Or gun manufacturers, etc. So, you know, when it's interesting. We always say a culture of active nonviolence, but I love what you're saying about an active culture of nonviolence because I think both are true. Um, you know, we want people to understand that nonviolence is not passivity. Um, and it's it's not violence for sure, but it, it's also not sitting back and doing nothing. That is equally participant in the the day to day violence that transpires. So we have to take an active stand. Passivity does tend toward whatever is the dominant culture in the space. So passivity often tends toward violence because you're you're letting go of your human agency when you're passive in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. So like you said, Action Days is this moment where we get to look at all the ways that people are already doing this work, try out new ways of becoming more active or engaged in our community around the ideas and practices of nonviolence to challenge some of the violence as usual that we see, whether that's, you know, toxic incinerators or pipelines or, you know, racial injustice. But then it's really an invitation to keep going throughout the rest of the year. What we do during action days during this time of human existence is really a way for us to see what's possible. But the work is really to implement it every day, day in and day out until that is our experience of the world, that it is no longer steeped in violence, but rich in the, the traditions and the practices of nonviolence, that that is completely normalized, or as we say, mainstreamed in our society. So an act of violence becomes the aberration, not the everyday experience. And I think, too, that you have an important experience to share as somebody who sort of came into the movement as an indie writer, right? And that you began studying nonviolence in order to be able to better articulate the ideals and, and ideas and practices of nonviolence in your writing. Absolutely. So, you know, trying to write a speculative novel like the Dandelion Insurrection about people who want change in a country that's very much like ours required me to to learn from people who have wanted change throughout the ages trying to write about how a fantasy series heroine like Ariara in the Ariara series could use the skills that peace teams are using in hot conflict zones or in violence-strewn areas in our own country really required me to learn more about the, the great, important, and viable work that's being done and how courageous it is. And as I wrote these stories and learned from real-life examples, that was what really made it evident that our culture is committed in many ways to telling violent narratives or telling violent stories and training us consciously or passively in uh, violence. But we don't have to. We could be doing something completely different. We could be telling these stories and teaching these examples that really lift up how people have transformed their communities, ended wars, uh, won rights and freedoms, protected the environment, uh, all with nonviolent action. And I think the potential in that regard is so profound that we can hardly even imagine it, what it's going to be like when 
all the movies coming out of Hollywood are telling stories of nonviolent action or all the books our kids read growing up are just steeped in this rich, rich tradition. And I think I want to live in that world. And I think what I saw during action days is that I'm not alone. There are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, probably millions of people who are really longing for this kind of a world. Mm, that's beautiful. We shared some an update about these action days at our dinner table in the community that we live in, and it really caught people's attention that, you know, over 5,000 actions. And they were particularly interested in, you know, is this just in the U.S. or worldwide? And... So can you speak to some of the outside of the U.S. actions that you were able to track? Yeah, we would love to broaden uh, our connection to more of the non-U.S. things that are happening. Uh, you know, of course, around the International Day of Peace, there are massive celebrations and actions that happen, and we don't necessarily even see those. During the International Day of Nonviolence in particular, we made some pretty great connections. There's a group in Gambia who held a... a 30 to 50 person training on a beautiful beach. I wanted to be at that training in nonviolent communication and conflict skills. And then they all went out into their various communities and passed on those skills. In India, one of the Gandhi centers handed out literature on Gandhi during the International Day of Nonviolence and uh, did some mutual aid actions around alleviating poverty. There was a interesting group that was in Ukraine. There was trying to work on protecting a nuclear power plant. I think you might have talked to them on Nonviolence Radio before. Uh, and so they were doing a lot of the groundwork, uh, trying to get that that project really operational, using unarmed civilian protection to keep the nuclear power plant safe during the context of war. Uh, so sometimes the, the actions that I see internationally, I shouldn't say sometimes, frequently, I personally am very inspired by the bold ways that people are very clear about the importance of nonviolence to themselves, their communities, and their countries, um, oftentimes in the face of uh, extreme violence. And I find that as a U.S. citizen, it is always a great reminder to me to really remember the power of this field and to really be unafraid in embracing it and talking about it and recommending it. It's one of the places where I notice how the culture of violence constrains us. It makes us hesitate to say, I really believe in nonviolence. This stuff is amazing. It really works. And I wish we had more of it in our society. Well, this has been really inspiring. And I have a feeling that people want to know more how they can get involved because now that the action days are over, it's just time to keep recruiting for next year's action days. And there you have so much support at Campaign Nonviolence for people who want to get involved, but maybe have a project in mind or maybe want some time to think that through. So how can they get involved and what do you recommend for people? Yeah, absolutely. So I recommend they visit campaignnonviolence.org. Uh, and they, there's no dash, just campaignnonviolence.org. Uh, you'll find out uh, where our newsletter is. We have these wonderful, rich with resources and ideas uh, newsletters that go out every week. Um, you can also join or start a campaign nonviolence affinity group if you have two or three friends that 
might want to be more involved in this work together, start one together and tell us about it um, and join us. Uh, you can look at our nonviolent cities list and see if there's a group near you and join in, or if you'd like to launch a year round kind of longer project to foster nonviolence in the world. The nonviolent cities project is great. You can also have a nonviolent neighborhood, nonviolent county, nonviolent town or village. You know, it's not just cities. Um, so there's a number of ways that people can tap in. And then I do recommend checking out our events page. If you'd like to learn and study as a kind of doorway into the practice of nonviolence, we have our classic uh, engaging nonviolence six week course coming up in November, and it's a great time to plug in that way. Rivera Sun, thank you so much for joining us on Nonviolence Radio. It's great to have you again as a guest and hope you will come back soon. Thank you so much. And thanks for the great work that you all are doing. Every uh, show is just a treasure of understanding. You've been listening to Nonviolence Radio. We want to thank our guest, Rivera Sun. We want to thank our mother station, KWMR, to all the Pacifica stations also that syndicate us. Thank you very much. To Matt Watrous, Annie Hewitt, Sophia Pachati, and to Brian Farrell over at Waging Nonviolence. Thank you all very much for your work on the show and support. And if you want to find the show, you can go to nonviolenceradio.org. And if you want to learn more about nonviolence, go to metacenter.org. That's meta with two T's. And until the next time, everybody, learn everything you can about nonviolence and take care of one another. And we'll see you again soon. Bye bye.